So yeah, this week we're in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 13. And it's about the, the parable of the 10 virgins or, or 10 bridesmaids. But this week um, we've seen lots of churches beginning to think about opening doors for private prayer. And I don't know what you guys have felt, but this week my heart's just begin to sink. We've seen the churches over the last 13, 14 weeks be sort of moved out of buildings. And we've seen people beginning to pray. Uh, if, we, if we trust what, what Tear Fund have, have developed, the, the 44% of the UK have prayed during lockdown. Not in church buildings, but in homes and living rooms and cars and bedrooms and wherever they were. And for me, my heart's began to sink because all of a sudden we've become building focused again. The churches up and down the country, some who have never had a tradition of opening the buildings for private prayer, all of a sudden are fixated on the buildings being the place of prayer. And my heart sunk. I shared it with some of our uh, vision team in the week, but some churches in Telford are saying that they're not going to be doing anything until they're able to do things how they've always done it. And my heart sunk again. Let's put people back in the buildings is the, is the answer, what people are looking for. And for me, I'm just hearing the Spirit saying the church is still asleep to what the Lord is doing in our nation and around the world. And I suppose the question for us at Telford Minster is, are we asleep? to what the Lord is doing here. Are we asleep? And in this parable, it's, it's Jesus talking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. It's not to the people who don't yet know him. It's not to the people who are, are the ones challenging. It's not to, to a crowd of people who, who haven't been following Jesus, but this is to the 12. This is to the people who know him the best. And it says this in Matthew 25, uh, 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were away to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, 
because you do not know the day or the hour. I wonder how many times we've read this passage. I've read it quite a few times. I've preached on it quite a few times. I'm sure others of us have done the same. But the question starts with, at that time, the kingdom. At that time, the kingdom. Well, what what time is it? It's the time when Jesus returns. It's the time when the bridegroom comes to receive his bride, the church, us, you and me, those who know him. But what about these bridesmaids? Who are they? What are they they doing? Well, they took their lamps. They were expecting the bridegroom to come. They knew that the wedding banquet was on and they got their lamps, they filled filled them with oil and went along. Now, I've been doing some research into the type of lamps that they might have and the oil in those sorts of lamps lasts 15 minutes before they have to be topped up again. 15 minutes, not a particularly long time. So they kind of all got ready and they all went out expecting the bridegroom to come, but he took his time. It wasn't just a a 15 minutes, here we go, let's party, but he took some time and they all went out to meet him. Now, some of this is because of the the culture in uh, Judaism at that time, where the groom travels to the bride's house and collects all of the friends and all of the family. And then the party go to his house for the banquet. Uh, In Africa, some of us might have seen some of this. It's a very loud, a very jolly affair, lots of color, But here it's at night, at the end of the day. But all the bridesmaids go out to meet the groom. Five of them just took their lamps, and five, the other five, took their lamps as well as extra oil. The five that didn't take it expected it to be a very short affair, expected it to be quick. The bridegroom to arrive immediately, and then then go straight into the party. But the other five, took extra oil. They were expectant that they might have to wait or to be prepared. Now, while I was training, well, while I was during my curacy, I was in a, in a group of clergy, about 40 clergy, and some of you may have heard the story before, but, but 40 Church of England ministers. And the interesting thing was they said, well, particularly one, and said this, well, we don't really talk about Jesus anymore. We kind of think we're over that. You know, what we do is we, we kind of don't talk about mission. We don't talk about evangelism. But what we do is we kind of just do good things. We just do good things, and that's enough. Well, the answer is, it isn't. Just doing good things is not good enough. And the answer is we need the bridegroom to come. And I think what was behind that was an expectation that we wouldn't see the return of Jesus, even in our lifetime. We wouldn't see people come into the the kingdom, but would kind of be just, oh, well, we're all part of the kingdom, aren't we? Which isn't what we see in the scriptures. If we were uh, looking at it through those sorts of lenses, All of a sudden, Jesus wouldn't say at the end of this parable, the door is shut. You can't come in. I don't know you. 
If that was the case, we would say, come on, everyone's allowed in, come to the party. But actually, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be certain of his coming. We have to be like those wise bridesmaids who took the extra oil. As followers of Jesus, we're invited to the party. But how much are we taking along with us on the journey? Are our lamps going to go out? Is our time in the kingdom just a 15 minute stint in the light of the lamp? Or is it something that lasts because we are prepared? I suppose a big question for us is, are we invited? Are we invited to the wedding banquet? Are we invited to the wedding reception? At Emily and my wedding, we, we kind of had a, a two-stage thing. We kind of had the service, which was amazing. But then uh, we couldn't afford to have everyone at the, at the reception. And the venue was too small. Uh, we had invited about 200 people to the wedding and we had the reception with a sit down meal. We could only fit 100 people. And so we sent out two different types of invitation. One was to the whole thing, an afternoon reception and an evening celebration. And we sent out another set that was just for the evening. And there is always that one person, isn't there? There was one person who didn't read their invitation and arrived at the sit-down reception and looked up and down the board to discover his name wasn't there. Awkward moment. So he approached one of the groomsmen and said, oh, well, I'm really sorry. I can't find my name and where I'm going to be. Was there some sort of mistake? And the answer was, well, you weren't invited, mate, to this bit. But we managed to squeeze him in and find an extra chair. But in this parable, it was the opposite. Sorry, guys, you didn't come in when you were supposed to come in. You're out. The awkward moment extends into eternity. But have we been invited? Do we know the banquet that we're headed to? The groom was a long time in coming and they fell asleep. Notice in this that no judgment is given to the sleepy bridesmaids. No judgment is given. It was midnight. These guys would have been tired. They'd been waiting probably most of the day. If it was us, we would have said, well, you should have been awake. You should have been watching and waiting for the groom to come. You should have been there to meet him and not to have fallen asleep. But here it was a long time, a different culture. And it was all right to fall asleep whilst waiting. But the cry came, the bridegroom is coming, get up. And they all got up, woke up, trimmed their lamps. Some of our churches and some of us might be quite sleepy. Usually on a four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, we could all probably do with a Sunday afternoon nap. But are we prepared? Are we prepared to meet the king? Someone uh, I won't say who, but there are a local person said, well, it's all right, Matt. I don't need to keep myself going. All I need to do is get to a place until I retire. And as long as the next person has enough energy, that's fine by me. As long as I've got enough people to kind of keep the church going and enough money to kind of survive until my retirement, I'm done. This might be someone who's a little bit sleepy who didn't bring the extra oil, who is just kind of okay with just bumming 
a lot. Are we prepared? Are we ready to get up, trim our lamps? Are we ready to put the extra oil into the lamp so that we can see where we're going? The bridesmaids who didn't bring the extra oil asked those who had the extra, well, can you share it? And the answer they gave was no. And that's something really encouraging for us. We can't actually give someone else the faith to believe in Jesus. It has to be their choice. We can share Jesus with them as much as we like, but it's their choice whether they believe. It's their choice whether they take the extra to kind of top the oil up. Get your own oil. We can't rely on others to keep us going. And for those of us who are our church leaders or on the vision team or those of us who are uh, in Telford Minster, the answer is we cannot take the responsibility on ourselves for the faith of other people. People will want to do that to us. I've had some people sort of going, but Matt, you know, you aren't feeding me all I need for whatever in my last church. And the answer is, well, how are you feeding yourself? Do you know him? Are you praying? Are you reading the scriptures? Are you keeping the oil in your lamp topped up? And they go, well, I didn't know I need to do that. I thought that was your job. Well, the answer is no, I'm off the hook. We are off the hook. It's each of our responsibilities to make sure we know and love the Lord. We will teach the Bible wherever we go at Telford Minster. We will do it. But what we can't do is take the responsibility off of the people who come to know him. We have to let them follow Jesus themselves. Because guess what? Like in this, pa like in this parable, we don't know when Jesus will return. We don't know the date or the hour or whenever, but he will come again. Jesus is coming again. Go and buy your own oil, the wise bridesmaid said. You can't rely on us for your oil. Now, I don't know about you, but midnight is probably not the time, even in Middle Eastern culture, to go and buy oil. Everyone's fast asleep. They had to go away and journey to get the oil. It wasn't just, it wasn't just around the corner. And during that time away, the groom comes. Are we ready? Have we got the oil in the tank? Are we ready for his return? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Gideon's Bibles. Anyone ever seen a Gideon's Bibles? Uh, the logo on the front is a lamp. A lamp. And there's a specific reason for that. And it's from this. The way we keep our lamps topped up is by reading the word and getting stuck into it. And saying, God, teach me, keep me fired up. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a guide to my path. But we've got to sit and we've got to read it. So are we doing that? Are we keeping our lamps topped up? Are we in love with Jesus now as much as we first met him? As I look at you guys, I, I think, yes, you're probably more in love with Jesus now than you were when you first came to know him. But are we ready? Are we ready to go into the banquet with the groom or do we need to go and top our oil up? Because only those who are ready, those who are topped up, get to come in. After the fact, 
doesn't count. Can't say, sorry, Jesus, would you just, would you just mind until I have the, the sort of passion to tell my friends about Jesus? Would you mind just holding off for a couple of years whilst I kind of let my kids grow up before I introduce them to Jesus? Would you mind until kind of, you know, I'm a little bit older and wiser and my friends might not think something worse of me by becoming a Christian? Because after the fact, the answer is, I don't know you. I don't know you. And you're outside. The door is shut. Now, for some of us, that sounds quite harsh, doesn't it? But that's the reality, is there's a time scale whilst we're still alive. So some key questions for us as believers are this. Have we accepted the invitation to the banquet? Do we know him? Do we love him? Are we waiting for his return? Are we living a life, secondly? Are we living a life awaiting the bridegroom's return? It could be tomorrow. It could be today. It could be in a hundred years time. But are we living a life that looks like we're waiting for him to come? Do we spend our time, thirdly, in the scriptures, keeping our faith and heart alive with the things Jesus has for us? I wonder if that's true for you guys. Are we also saying to people, hey, are you being discipled? Are you putting oil into the reservoir so that the fire doesn't burn out? I don't know about you, but as a bit of an evangelist, I don't want to see anyone else on the outside when the time comes. I want to get them through the doors. I want to see them come to know Jesus and to be on fire with love for him. Do you want to see that too? Do you want to see that for people in Telford? Do you want to see that for our families? Do we want to see that for our friends? Do we want to see that for the people that we work with? It's down to us to share it, but it's up to them to keep a light. So why don't we pray and just invite the spirit to come and then we'll see what happens. Father, thank you that someone gave us the invitation to come, gave us the invitation to come into the wedding banquet. Father, would we not waste the invitation to come? Would we be up for inviting our family and our friends to come to the wedding? Hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll be doing a, an alpha online. We can invite our friends and our family and those who don't know Jesus to the wedding. Are we on fire with love for Jesus now? Are we getting a bit tired? Are the, is the oil running dry? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you top us up? Would you fill us afresh? Lord, we all get tired. We all get drowsy. Lord, would you fill us up again? Lord, would we start to see others come to know you? Lord, in this, in this city, Father, would we see people come to know you? Lord, would we take off of ourselves the responsibility for them believing? Lord, it's up to you and them. Lord, we pray that we would have the opportunity to share you, yes. But we, would we not be guilty about people who don't take their faith for their own responsibilities? Lord, and we know it's painful. We know we have to face up to the, the fact that not all will come in, and that's hard. But Lord, we pray that those we know and those we love would come in and accept the invitation. Lord, even now, would you begin to 
to drop into our hearts and minds those we might be able to invite to Alpha or invite to church or invite to something where they can come to know you. But Father, keep us burning bright. Keep us topped up. Would you give us oil in our lamps to keep us burning?